the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona sports, Ain't No Fang. Hey, no offense, but this team has no offense. I'm Steve Zinsmeister, Cody Fincher with me as well on the Ain't No Fang podcast. And that is the biggest issue for the Arizona Diamondbacks one week into the season. We're about one week into the season, and there's no offense to speak of. No hits. I was looking at today's starting lineup after the game was over, by the way. And looking at the batting averages for each of the players that played in today's game. Let's leave out Seth Beer for just a second. We'll talk about that, believe me. He was left out today, so that's no Of the guys who played today, that started today, the highest batting average on the team was 212 Cattell Marte. That is the highest batting average. The highest qualifying batting average on the entire team is 212? What is happening, Cody Fincher? Also, it's not like, it's not even close. Like the rest, there's not a guy batting 199 or even close to Cattell Marte. The next closest guy is, let's see. Okay, Peralta only pinch hit, so I'm not going to count him. Dalton Varsho, 185. Ugh. 185. That's like a Jeff Mathis batting average. No offense to Jeff Mathis. He was good hey, at other things. Jeff Mathis served his purpose. <laughs> he was good at other he, things, yeah. He was the personal catcher for Zach Granke and did his part. Yeah, and helped turn around the pitching staff at one point in time. Right, but exactly. we're talking about a team right now. What's what's funny is, if you look at some of the on-base percentages, uh, Perdomo's is like 391, so he's getting on base a ton. Um, there's a bunch of dudes who are getting on base a bunch, but it is not because they're hitting the ball. It's because they're walking a bunch. But they're not driving those guys. Oh, yeah, like Cooper Hummel in the, I think, the second game against the Astros, he walked like four times <laughs> or something like that. It was it was crazy. Like, they they have no problems getting guys on base, but at some point, you can walk all you want, but unless you're getting walks with the bases loaded, you got to hit, you got to get hits to drive in runs. Cooper Hummel, 391. He's the 391 guy I was thinking of. Perdomo, 370. Mm. Uh, even some other guys. I mean, Marte three oh eight. That's not a good on base percentage, but when you're hitting two twelve over three, so yeah, fine. Varsho three fifty three. So some of these guys are getting on still, despite the fact that they just can't seem to hit the ball. They're yeah, being very patient at the plate, which they, is a good trait. That's fine, but you got to make contact again. The walks don't matter unless you're getting hits to drive them in, and they're not getting any hits. No, um, outside of Seth Beer. Who is, I mean, after one pinch hit appearance today, coming in today, Seth Beer was hitting 400 in the games he's played. Granted, he hasn't played as much as the other guys because he's getting days off against left-handed pitchers, which at this point, I'm going to start to not agree with. Okay, let's let's go into that. So Seth Beer played on opening day. He was the team's DH. Obviously, the dramatics at the end of opening day where he hits the walk-off home run. Uh, basically was their entire offense in yeah. one swing of <laughs> one swing of the bat. Right. Then he sits in game two. That was questioned, understandably so, but they were facing Sean Manaya and a left-hander, and I get playing the righty-lefty matchups. He's still only played in like a handful of games at the major league level, so it's not like he's proven to be your DH. He's not David Ortiz. He's not Edgar Martinez. He's not going to play every single day at DH. Right. However, you're now getting to the point where we're over a week into the season, and in context of what everyone else on the team is doing, Seth Beer is your best hitter right now. I mean, he's had 21 at bats. He is hitting 381. His on base percentage is 435. 435. I mean, the slugging isn't really 
there as much. He's a 571 slugging. He only has the one home run. Most of it's been singles, honestly. Against the Astros the other day, he uh, the extra inning walk-off win, he tied the game. He singled in the tying run in the bottom of the ninth, I believe, and... And then Cattell Marte was uh, able to win it in extras with a sack fly. But, man, this this dude, all he does is hit. And, and I mean, and it's not even that he can't hit lefties. He got a hit off a lefty yesterday in, who came out of the bullpen for the Mets. And he, in the minors, hit lefties pretty well, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't have the numbers right in front of me. But at this point, with just how bad everyone is hitting – and Seth Beer is your has the your top average. I mean, yeah, again, he's not playing every day, so I'm sure the average would be a little bit lower if he was playing every day. But at this point, like you have guys like I mean, Christian Walker is hitting Christian Walker's is is hitting 129. Carson Kelly, who DH today, by the way, they lost the series to the Mets. They dropped today's game five nothing after winning yesterday three to two. Yesterday was a good win. Yesterday was a good team win. But, I mean, after today, Christian Walker sitting 129. Carson Kelly, who <laughs> Tori Lovello put in as the DH today and hit bad third, got his first, air quotes, hit today on the season. It was a it wasn't ball, much of a hit. It was a ball that Starling Marte lost in the sun but didn't touch it on the way down, so they ruled it a double. Carson Kelly's hitting 045. 045. I mean, Marte, 212, like you said. He'd still be batting zero if right. Starling Marte didn't have the sun Bar- in his eyes. Varsho's hitting 185. It's just, at what point is Seth Beer going to... like? K- we saw Caleb Smith earned a starting rotation spot, right? When is Seth Beer going to earn everyday playing time? Well, for what it's worth, and I guess is we'll, that we'll talk about this more later. Is but, that different with pitchers and hitters? Uh, it's different I know with it's that a, pitcher because Caleb Smith already got demoted right. twice All right, but <laughs> in a week. But, I mean, and I know it's a lot of matchups and analytics that go into the lineups, but it just seems like if, if there is a left-handed starting pitcher on the mound, Seth Beer will not be in the starting lineup that day. Yeah, and I think it's probably time they reevaluate that. And I don't know if that was the plan going into the season, if they sat down and said, you know what, let's not play Seth against uh, lefties. Um, but th- the fact of the matter is, you faced a lefty today, and Paven Smith is still out there, and Paven Smith's not hitting lefties right now. Paven Smith's hitting 160. Yeah. Not good. I wouldn't be shocked if it's lower than that for lefties. Yeah. Um, your le- your lineup is primarily left-handed, especially with Nick Ahmed out, especially with Jordan Luplo out. You don't have a lot of right-handed guys anyway, Seth Beer probably needs those opportunities against lefties anyway if you're going to really invest in him for the future, which I know it's a super small sample size. We're talking about 20 at-bats for a handful of these guys. But the way things are breaking out right now is nobody has caught fire yet other than Seth Beer. He's the only one, and he's playing every other day. He's got 21 at-bats so far. Yeah. And here's here's what's funny. I'm looking at ESPN right now. Their projections for him for the rest of the season based on what he's done so far. Keep that in mind. They project him to get 425 at-bats at this rate. That's mm-hmm. okay, but... It's not bad. But you could probably get him 450 easily. They have him listed as a 20-homer, 101 RBI guy. Jeez. At this current projection. Imagine not if he played every, every day. day. Yeah, not playing every day. Exactly. That's the kind of player... I mean... We obviously know that he's not going to hit 400 and hit a home run every other day. Right. Uh, We know the production goes down the more you play. And for a lot of these other guys, their numbers will go up over time. I don't expect Carson Kelly to hit 045 for the rest of the season. 
that's not going to happen. But the way things are breaking out right now, you have to ask yourself a question. Are we trying to win games or are we just doing whatever we possibly can with the lineup to develop players? And on the one hand, you need to be developing players more so than winning this year because I don't think you or I expected the Diamondbacks to be even close to contention. No. But I don't know how any of the decisions that have been made today, yesterday, this past week have really contributed to development more so than the possibility of playing your best guy, which has been beer. It it just it seems like it seems like the team is being managed at this point. I know it's early, so anything can happen early in the baseball season, you know. But the saying is you can't win a division in April, but you can lose it. So I mean, it just seems like the way that the lineups are being constructed and how things are going, they're trying to win games. And that's, I mean, I'm not going to fault a manager or a team for trying to win. That's ridiculous. Um, Unless you are, you know, in the last game of the season and all you need to do is lose to get the number one draft pick and then you win. Um, I don't know what that's like. It just happened last year. Um, But uh, so I'm not going to fault guys for trying to win right now. But at the same time, if you're trying to win games, why isn't Seth Beer playing? He's your best hitter right now. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that two-edged sword where it's like, okay, you could also – so you could try to win games and develop Seth Beer at the same time by playing him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's your, he's your best hitter right now. He's young. So just throw, get him out there. Part of the problem is that Seth Beer doesn't really have a position. He's a designated hitter. And if you hadn't have gotten the designated hitter in the National League this year, he might not be playing for the Diamondbacks right now. And you can feasibly play him at first base. Granted, he got injured at first base last year when he played. Not that I think that that's what's going to happen again. Yeah. But you don't really have a place for him other than DH. And maybe first base in the long run. And you've got other guys that belong at first base. Christian Walker doesn't play anywhere else. Paven Smith, God love him, but he threw a ball in right field today that I'm not sure where it was supposed to go, but it didn't go there. And he's not an outfielder, and he's playing right field. They're trying to develop him into an outfielder. I mean, but we know he's best suited for first base. Paven Smith last year was playing center field. Yeah, at some time that was a bad decision. Like I, I always believe that Paven Smith's future is at first base. Christian Walker is an arbitration eligible player. I mean, that's why he's still here. It's cheap for him to be here. Sure, he is a decent defender at first. He's got some pop. He's leading the team in home runs right now with two. Two. So, um, I mean, but I, bad, I always I thought the future for Paven Smith was first base. And, I mean, I'm not saying he's the best first baseman in the world either. I haven't really seen him enough o- over there to get a real judge on him because he's been primarily an outfielder since being called up. But, I mean, he's just in, in uh, game one or game two of the Mets series, he – he took a really bad – he got a really bad jump on a ball in right field. He thought it was going back farther than it was. He had to sprint in and try to dive and catch it, and it hit off his glove. He almost made the catch. He didn't. Today, he comes in on a bloop single by Eduardo Escobar and tries to nail Escobar going to second, even though I think he was pretty much going to be safe no matter what. Air mails the throw to second. Alonzo scores a run. That's the, how the first run of the game was scored in the sixth inning. Um I mean, it's just 
he it looked like he tried to like he sidearm the throw and it just went over everyone's head over into foul ground on the third base side. It was a horrible throw. The problem is if you play Seth Beer every day, you're going to get Paven Smith in the outfield every day. And yeah. I'm not saying that's a huge issue, but because they are both young players you're trying to develop for the future, but Seth Beer getting action every day means that nobody else is DHing or or somebody's not at first. Because with this team, what they've been trying to do is Cooper Hummel has been DHing occasionally. If today you don't was, have a DH open, you're also not giving Cattell Marte any pseudo days off and, and off his and feet. Today was Cooper Hummel's first day playing the field. Uh, he started in left field for Peralta. Other than that, every time Beer has not been the DH, it's been Hummel as the DH leading off because he gets on base a lot. A ton. Um, so I'm I'm okay with I want to see more of Cooper Hummel, to be honest with you. Um and I don't know where that is. <laughs> I mean, is it just... Can he play right? He played left today, so I would assume he can play right. I don't know how good his arm is. I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. He even played catcher. <laughs> he caught Carson Kelly. Yeah, he caught Carson Kelly. <laughs> it was in a weird situation, I'll grant you that. Yeah. But, yeah. But he has he has uh, experience of that in the minor leagues, if I'm not mistaken. So The Diamondbacks have a lot of guys who can play positions, <laughs> yeah. but probably shouldn't play positions. <laughs> Should they play well, first? <laughs> Dar- Dalton Varsho, as you mentioned, played catcher today in place of Carson Kelly while he was the DH. Yeah. Um, and I like Dalton Varsho a lot. He's young, left-handed bat. He's got some speed to him. Uh, he can play center field, which I mean, he's their everyday center fielder for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think defensively, he's probably a little below average as a catcher, but I mean, he's capable. And so, Dalton Varsho excites me a little bit, but again, slow start. He's not exactly lighting the world on fire either. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys who can play positions, but maybe shouldn't be playing those spots. If that makes sense, like, do they have a guy who is a center fielder? I don't believe so. I mean, the closest guy they have right now is Jake McCarthy. Yeah, um, I He's mean, not in hitting the, either. in the majors. I mean, I there are guys in the minors that should be their center fielder every day soon. Corbin Eventually, Carroll, yes. Alec Thomas, those type of guys. Um, I'm reading. You were talking about Varsho at catcher. Uh, Steve Gilbert tweeted he quote tweeted the lineup today earlier this morning and he said Tori Lovello said during the spring that he would try to get Dalton Varsho behind the plate for roughly a game a week to ten days. So every week to 10 days, you're probably going to see Varsho catch. Yeah, but how much of that is because they're trying to develop Varsho as a catcher versus how much they're trying to give Carson Kelly a day off and not have... I don't know. Whoever the third catcher... Uh, Jose uh, Herrera At this point, well, here's the thing. Yeah, Jose Herrera, he's re- he's pretty good defensively. Sure. He can't hit. Um, right. He, at this point, I mean, he's a rookie, so I'm, I'm going to cut him some slack. But at this point, he's not a very good hitter. But I think I think you're right. I think you're onto something there. And especially with the way that Carson Kelly is struggling offensively, you want to get his bat right. The only way to hit out of a slump is to hit. So you get him in at DH today. Try to take his mind off catching for a little bit. I probably wouldn't have put him third in the lineup, though. Well, yeah. But I don't know who you put. I mean, we, we were talking about this earlier. <laughs> Why is Carson Kelly third? Why is uh, Christian Walker fourth? And I'm like, who else well, is going to do it? The guys below them are also not hitting. And that's my argument for Seth Beer every day, please. Thank you. Yeah, um, I get it. I get the argument. So. He, he appeals more than any other option that they currently have. And maybe the Diamondbacks sit down. I don't know if it's this week or in the coming days, and they they reevaluate and say, you know what, Seth's got something going, and let's give him let's give the guy with the hot hand, well in this case the hot bat, 
right. an opportunity to play regularly, more regularly. They've got a lot of moving pieces. Mm. I don't know if they've even had an identical lineup yet this, re- this I season. I think it's been a different, almost a different lineup every game. I think, I think so. And that's not to be unexpected from a guy like Tori Lovello who likes to rotate guys around, get guys days off. Yeah. But at some point, your best players have got to play. And right now, Seth Beer is making a case that he's their best hitter. I'm, I'm, we know Cattell Marte is their best hitter. Right. But he's their, right now. Cattell Marte is their best player, no doubt about yeah. it. Um, also, just uh, while I'm thinking about it, it just popped in my head. Zach Gallon had a really good debut yesterday. Um, he only went four innings because of the pitch count and stuff like that. But, I mean, it was four innings scoreless. Looked pretty good. Um, didn't really walk anybody. Didn't strike out a lot of people either, but he looked pretty good. Um, so that was encouraging to see. But, I mean, man, this... The the perfect, I guess, poetic moment of this weekend was Starling Marte hitting that rocket of a home run off Caleb Smith. That 2020 trade is just looking worse and worse. Yeah. Man. I didn't think about it that way, actually. That was poetry in motion. Just a nothing 91 fastball right down the middle of the Starling Marte, and he crushed it. So Caleb Smith, certainly going through a rough time right now, he was given an opportunity to start the year in the rotation, which the Diamondbacks had said he had earned. Fine. Totally cool with that, because he was a great reliever last year in that role. He also started 13 games last season, so there is that. But after one start, gets a little roughed up, they send him back to the bullpen which is a demotion on this squad. Some teams treat it a little different, but on this well, team... Well, we know how Caleb Smith feels about it, too, after last year. Yeah, he was very vocal that his he time in the bullpen, he didn't want that. He wanted to be a starting pitcher. And I wanted him to be a starting pitcher. I, I want him to be successful. I know you do, too. And he gets demoted this year after one start, just like last year. And now, he's been sent down to the minor leagues. Here we are a week into the season. He got demoted to the bullpen and now demoted to AAA. And supposedly, Torrey said that it was for... So they're trying to get him into a role where he can be a long reliever, multiple innings. My question is, why do you have to go to the minor leagues to do that? It's not like you have to stretch him out. Normally, you do that for a guy you're trying to stretch out for a start. He's going from being a starter to a reliever. I don't know why you would need to send him down for that. And that's another indication of like, okay, they're trying to win games right now. Which is fine. I sound like I don't want them to win. I want them to win. I want the D-backs to win. But, I mean, man, like, Caleb Smith got one, he got one start this year, was moved to the pen, got one relief outing in the pen, was sent to AAA. Yeah. They are they are not messing around with him is anymore. It, but here's the question. Is it because they have a quick hook with him or is something wrong? This leads me to believe something's wrong. Me too. Because I, I don't think that they would treat every pitcher like that. You know, like, right. oh, you know what? One outing uh, didn't go well. Yeah. Let's let's send him down. Right. It doesn't that that doesn't feel like this organization to me. It doesn't. Tory is me often either. criticized for being overly loyal, for leaving guys in positions too long, for trusting them too much. Right. So it just doesn't feel like that to me. I I, yeah, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know. If there is anything wrong, I don't know what it is. I'd like to hear from Caleb. Yeah, I don't think we're going to do let me, that. Let me text him. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I don't right. Let's get him on. Let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's a really rough time for Caleb Smith. And I'm with you that I would have loved for that trade to have worked out better. Uh, I think we always kind of assumed that it was going to go bad because Starling Marte is a good outfielder. 
He's a really good corner outfielder. He's a pretty good center fielder. Mm-hmm. Certainly better than anything the Diamondbacks had when they let him go, uh, which was nothing. <laughs> and then they called up Varsho and said, hey, congrats, you're our new center fielder for a while. But, uh, yeah, that trade is looking really bad at this point. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just being honest, a lot of the Diamondbacks trades lately are starting to look really bad. Dude, all, all of those trades that were made in 2020 just... They look horrible. Marte for Caleb Smith and Humberto Mejia. Humberto Mejia got and Julio DFA, Frias. Didn't he? Humberto Mejia got DFA, but he didn't get claimed, so he's in AAA. Okay. So still around. By the way, I bet that feels horrible for him. The team doesn't want you so on your on their forty man roster, so they DFA you. Give every other team a chance to claim you. Nobody wants you there either, and then you're just back in AAA. I bet that feels kind of crappy. Um. Yeah, and I mean, and Julio Frias is a really young, like rookie ball, low A reliever. relief pitcher. Yeah, not much. Um, there. So that's not looking like a good trade. Uh, everyone in that trade is in the minor leagues currently. Uh, Archie Bradley for, for Stuart Fairchild and Josh Van Meter. And Josh Van Meter's not here anymore. Got moved. Apparently, he's been really bad for the Pirates. So I don't know. Um, Stuart Fairchild is, I mean. He's not on the team. Not on the team. He got a couple, a few games in the majors last year. Didn't really do much. Um, Andrew Chafin, I believe, was cash considerations. Where did he go? Cubs? Cubs. I don't remember. I don't remember getting a player from them. Uh, I could be wrong about that. And then uh, Robbie Ray to the Blue Jays for Travis Bergen, who then they sent back to Toronto for cash considerations. So you literally got nothing for Robbie Ray, who then went on to win the AL Cy Young the next year. (laughs) So that was those trades are look horrible. And then Eduardo, the the Eduardo Escobar trade. I I kind of like Cooper Hummel. I like to see him hit a little more. But that dude gets on pace. Yeah, he walks. He walks a lot. I like. I, I'm with you. I want to see more of him. I'm intrigued by him. Keep in mind too, if you're just talking 2020, before the 2020 season, you gave up assets for Starling Marte. Yeah, you gave up. He wasn't just around, and you gave him away for you nothing. Gave two, you gave up stuff for two him. top 15 prospects. They were both like 18 years old, and yeah. I don't know what they're doing right now. Brennan Malone was one of them, yeah. and uh, Paguero, I think, was the other one. But I don't know what they're up to or if they're any good, but those are prospects that you yeah. gave up for him. So, so it's not nothing. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. I mean... And they had a year of control on Starling Marte's contract after 2020. Seems like we talk about this every podcast, but also, too, with the way that Carson Kelly is not hitting, Paul and with trade. Luke Weaver not making an impact and moving to the bullpen and Andrew getting shelled. Young's not here anymore. The Goldschmidt trade looks like it's, it's awful. It looks bad. I mean, if we if we're truly if we're truly evaluating all the trades the Hazen regime has made, by far the best one is JD Martinez. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But when you really think about it, JD Martinez is only here for half a season. Well, the Cattell Marte trade oh, that's is true too. Pretty good too. I would say that e- that was different though. Yeah. Because you were really, you, what you were doing was you were giving up an all-star second baseman that you have one year of in Gene Segura. You gave him prospect. up Mitch Hanniger, who hadn't been anything to that point. Zach Curtis or something? Something like that. I think it was Zach Curtis. I think you're right. Um, and you got back Taiwan Walker, who was supposed to be the big piece there. And Walker didn't do much with the Diamondbacks. He did do more with the Mets later on. Um, but then also you get Cattell Marte, who's now your best player. That's a good deal. Yeah. I like that trade a lot. Um, you're right. The J.D. Martinez deal was a steal. Might be one of the best trades of all time, to be honest. 
uh, but you only got a couple months out of him. He only played for you in the second half of the season. So it's not like you, I don't know, it's not like they got a long-term asset that helped them win a World Series or anything like that. Um, we talk about the Zach Greinke deal a lot, and a lot of whether or not that's a good deal depends on how Seth Beer develops. Yeah. Depends on whether or not Corbin Martin gets starts eventually. Depends on whether or not J.B. Bukowskis comes back and is a part of this bullpen, which I honestly don't know the answer to that yet. Uh, Josh Rojas, injured right now, but should be your starting third baseman every day. So there's a ton of question marks still up in the air on the Zach Granke deal, and that happened, what, two, two and a half years ago? Yeah. I mean, we should know by now whether or not that's paying off. And I felt like it was when Rojas was a, was a good role player and you still had Beer, Martin, and, and Bukowskis to come. But now all four of them have question marks on them. Seth Beer, the least of which, but he's not playing every day. Right. It's not a good trade track record. Yeah. Not, There's some good in there, but yeah, not yet. Not a ton. I think a lot of it has to do, like a lot of it depends on the Zach Greinke trade. If Corbin Martin and Seth Beer and Josh Rojas are actually future staples of this team, if they're part of the next great D-backs team, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you could say though of that track record that they're pretty good at acquiring guys, like knowing like okay maybe that guy could be something. Catal Marte, maybe that guy could be something. J.D. Martinez was obvious. Right. That, that was a trade for an all-star hitter. Yeah. Um, so they're pretty good at going and getting their guy. Uh, I mean, they went and traded for Starling Marte. I consider that a good trade. I mean, Zach Gallon too. Uh, getting Gallon, if, if yeah. If he stays healthy, I think he could be a pretty good pitcher. But when it comes to trading away a good player and getting good yeah. young pieces in return, the, the Rays do that better than anybody. Right, right. They identify this guy, David Price, not going to be around longer. Let's get rid of him and get something good for him. And they do. But it just doesn't happen that way. Um, last piece. There's a rumor going around that Justin Upton and the the Diamondbacks could be a home for their former Wouldn't all-star that player. That'd be weird. That'd be super That'd be weird. full circle for him. We talked about this a couple weeks ago as a possibility, and I think we both kind of determined, like, eh, like, he does hit lefties and yeah. they need a right-handed bat. But where does he play? I mean, he's not a good defender in the outfield. I, he really never was. Um, not really. So, I mean, is that a thing? Where if, if let's say if Justin Upton, uh, and first of all, I don't think he's going to come back here. I don't. I think he probably wants to go to a team that has a chance to win some games. First of all, and then I don't think that his relationship ended well here um, when he got traded to Atlanta. I think. I think it kind of went up in flames. Of course, that regime that traded him is no longer here, um, obviously. But, but he could hold a but grudge. But sure, yeah, he could. Um, I don't know. Is he just your DH against lefties? And beer DHs against righties? Yeah, that's kind of all I can come up with. Unless I, I, you can play him in the outfield. Would you want to? No. Probably not. Especially when Jordan Luplo comes back. Um, they're actually pretty comparable in, in terms of what they're good at. Yeah, they're both right fielders. I'm guessing Lu- I, I think Luplo's a little bit of a better defender than Upton is now in, yeah. in the outfield. But definitely, I don't know. I I don't know how it would be. It would be kind of like cool, I guess, to see Justin Upton come back where it all started. I guess, um, but I don't think it's going to happen. It depends on also like he's getting paid twenty eight million dollars this year from the Angels, no matter what. So, like, what does he want 
in a, a one year contract, you know? Yeah, on the one hand, as a team, you're probably like, you know what, we can pay you less because you're already getting a ton elsewhere. But from his perspective, I don't know what he wants. And you're probably right. Guys at that point in their career usually want to play for contenders, even if it means they have a smaller role. But I don't know what contender views him as a a piece to their puzzle. Although, I mean, we saw a similar situation in St. Louis this year where St. Louis was willing to re-partner with Albert Pujols. But that's a little different because he's one of the greatest hitters of all time. a Hall of Fame player that played for their team and had right. two World Series championships. Yeah. He hit a homer today. 681. 681. Yep. I saw a kid caught the ball. Cardinals fan. In, oh, in Mil- he was so excited. It's not Miller Park anymore. I don't know what it's called. Uh, but yeah. It's not Miller Park anymore? No, they changed in the Milwaukee? name. They changed the naming rights to it. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like American Family Insurance Field or something. Oh, that makes sense because yeah. their spring training field is American Family Ballpark or something That's like that. That's the one. Yeah. Miller okay. Park just works way better. Yeah, I know. They're the Brewers. And it's, yeah, it's beer. The bre- it's beer. It's Seth Brewers. Beer should play for the Brewers. Let's be <laughs> no, honest. No, he's ours. <laughs> no. I accept that. Yeah, Justin Upton, uh, to kind of wrap on that, I, I I think he could be your DH against lefties and then Beer's your DH against righties. But then does that take away at bats from guys like Hummel and yeah, moving know. Pavin Smith around and Carson Kelly got DH opportunity? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's I don't, probably I don't think it's not a good the, fit. It's not the best fit. No, it's not. I don't think signing a 40-year-old guy when you're a team trying to find And like you were saying, it's not, not the same good. as the Cardinals bringing back Albert Pujols. No. You know, Upton so. was really good here, but he, he was. was not a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. He was close to an MVP one year. I think he was fourth in the vote. Yeah. But that did not end the way that we all hoped. This first week of the season did not end the way that we all hoped. No offense to speak of. We'll see what week two of the regular season brings. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher as well. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.